Hey guys, welcome back to the Ox and Plow hashtag Canada Chick Chats podcast. I am so excited for our interview today with Kelly Green. Kelly is not only a designer, but an incredible creative and badass entrepreneur. Today, we're going to talk about design, the struggle of being a creative leader, the change as designers evolve in this industry, and a little bit about Sexpot. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, here's our interview with Kelly. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't want to take anything away from you. I would just love to introduce you to the audience um, and just kind of talk about who you are, what you do, and just just tell us everything. Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Kelly Kaiser, and I am the owner, uh, creative director, and founder of Kelly Green. We are a lifestyle brand. We're a cannabis lifestyle brand for the chic and discreet. And um, I'll just kind of start by telling you a little bit about my background. Um, I uh, have been an interior designer in San Francisco for the past 18 years, so I'm a pretty seasoned designer. Uh, in a city, yeah, in a city where design is everything. Um, I don't know where you are, Liz, but... Um, I'm but- in Phoenix, and we, I have to say, I, I mean, I love Phoenix. I love it so much, but I feel like the design standards here are so different from, like, L.A., San Fran, like, New York. It's just such a different vibe. Yeah, it's wild, and and that's sort of what that means in regards to cannabis is that expectations around branding, marketing, uh, product design, and and the way that you use your product are definitely um, bigger considerations. Not, I think that's sort of um, happening everywhere, but um, I first noticed that change happening in San Francisco. You know, we have these beautiful houses. Um, I, I've spent 18 years doing high-end residential um, interior design. So we have these homes that are beautiful, million-dollar homes for people, and then you know, they're still storing their cannabis in a shoebox. So, right. So there's a disconnect, right? Right. Um, So yeah, that's, that's sort of how this sort of came about, but really, um, you know, it's, I was thinking about this last night about how I would kind of tell you this story. And um, I got my medical card back in 2012 and I'd been um, an advocate and a lover of cannabis for, for many years, but you know, high school and then college and then kind of had a gap. And then I picked it back up in in 2012. um, And I didn't know what I was doing, really, um, because things had changed so much. And um, in an attempt to kind of jump in quickly um, and become educated, I hit I hit up a Women Grow event. Have you ever been to one? I actually am a volunteer for Women Grow Phoenix. So yes. (laughs) And I love Women Grow. Yeah. So I went to this um, event in Boonville, California. And Boonville is Mm -hmm. this amazing area of the Emerald Triangle. So I kind of threw myself into the thick of it. And um, I was sitting around this group of women all talking about, I mean, there were farmers and manufacturers and small business owners and advocates and like, I I mean, people with soil management backgrounds. And I was just, I was in deep and um, we kind of went around the room and they said, well, what do you do for work? And I said, oh, I'm a designer. And they said, oh, we need designers. So that's kind of how it started. They picked me up at that event to do um, the Women Grow um, local chapter um, sort of trade show booth at the Emerald Cup. Yeah. 
so that was great. And that's kind of how it started. Um, so I spent the last five years uh, as creative director for another brand. And um, we launched Kelly Green last year and we've been fundraising and building uh, our product line and we're going to market. So that's incredible. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that product line looks like? So um, we are designing, um, we're starting with three products and uh, they're all based on interiors and based on experience. So the first product we're doing is a candle. And I have been um, really fortunate because I'm surrounded by these like powerhouse women that are always willing to help me. And I met this woman uh, named Rhea Ray, who is, uh, her candles are at Fred Spiegel and at the Four Seasons. She is helping me uh, with this candle and she's been really great. And it's a candle that's meant to be lit before your cannabis experience. And that is really important because um, there's nothing like a candle to, to change the way a room feels. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Like, that's what I do. I, I, before I sit down and smoke, I always have all my candles lit. I know. <laughs> and it's such a funny thing because if you like the wrong one and it doesn't work with whatever you're smoking, it's like can be a disaster from a, you know. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I, I stopped even trying because now all of my candles that I do burn when I'm, you know, having my medicine. And I, they're all scentless because I can't, I can't find the right, the right scent that works well with my energy during my time, you know? So this is like so cool. That, I that think you're... we nailed it. I, I, we have been working on the olfactory portion of this and the, and we went to Los Angeles and designed the candle with, um, this, this candle company that knows what they're doing. I mean, they're so great. And I think we got it. I think we've got the perfect candle to light before you smoke. Well, that's amazing. I'm going to be your first customer, just letting you know. <laughs> I'll send them your way. We're, That'd be uh, awesome. We're getting there. So um, the second, the, so that was the first piece that was really important to me. Um, the second piece we're launching is a porcelain rolling tray. Um, and okay. it's beautiful. Um, I'd like to mention that all of our products are made in California, which has been um, Incredible. It's yeah, it's great. It, it ended up being something that, you know, you always get choices when you're manufacturing and yeah, you're course. meeting, mm -hmm. or you're, you're meeting with people and they go, well, we can make it in China for less. And that is an actual thing. And we talked about these, this manufacturing and we decided that it's important and it's one of our core values to manufacture here in California. Um, so just to backtrack that the candles made in LA, the porcelain rolling tray is made in Auburn, California, which is this beautiful little town on the way to Truckee. Um, near Lake Tahoe. And then um, I'm making that with a ceramicist. So these are sort of collaborations and I've collaborated with her. She's um, a very, very talented, very young mm -hmm. ceramicist. So um, it's a porcelain tray and it's killer. Um, I'm going to add that to my list of being your first <laughs> customer. <laughs> yep. And then the third piece um, we're also making, um, it's a technical bag and we're making it in San Francisco. And I, cool. I have I was lucky enough to find this bag designer who has worked for the gap for 35 years. He retired. He's brought thousands of products to market and um, he is helping me create uh, an odor proof bag. That's for lack of a better term. And we're working on this, but a stash bag um, to go inside of your very expensive handbag. Um, and I have stash bags in my life, but I don't have one that is same is my favorite. Like I don't have one that I'm obsessed with. Yeah. So I made one. Um, it's made of designer fabric because I spent the last 20 years running around the design center, 
buying fabrics and um and he's helping me with the technical portion because that is really important um you know walking in having cannabis in my purse and going in to see and just a straight design client I can't have my bag smelling you know and I and it's not always appropriate and so for me we are really um we're proud of what we're doing and we are a chic and discreet brand um, so that is, is kind of my niche. Um, we're also really skewed towards the female market, which I think is how you and I probably connected. Absolutely. Yep. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, I mean, I don't know how you feel for me, like being in this industry and being surrounded by other powerhouse women is, is just, it's so motivating and, um, being able to support other women in this industry is, is really just been absolutely humbling for me and my experience. But yeah, that's definitely how we connected when I found you. Um, and just so the audience knows, I, I organically search female entrepreneurs on social media that are in the industry because I truly believe that they have a story and just like yourself, your story is beautiful thus far, but I think it's so important that it's heard and it's known, um, not just for brand awareness because, and my audience knows that we, we definitely, that's the whole point is to give you brand awareness and, um, kind of put your name out there. And so people know who you are on a different type of landscape in, in social media. And I think that um, what you're doing and what you've done is, is, has been a prime example of what a female entrepreneurship in this industry looks like. Well, yeah, it's great. And I'm glad that we did connect because I didn't know much about what you had going on. And yeah. you seem to have a lot happening as well. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. My plate's yeah. uh, overflowing and I couldn't be more grateful, but yeah. Um, I would love to kind of go into just how you started um, and, and I know that you've been a designer for so long, but just in the industry in general, and I know that you, you went to the Women Grow event, but yeah. if we can just kind of pedal back a little bit, what kind of gave you that, that aha or that epiphany, like, hmm, maybe I'm going to go to this event because I'm really interested or, or, you know, I'm a patient and I, sure. and I love design and cannabis. How can I marry them together? If we can just kind of give the audience a little um, scope of what that looks like in your story and experience with cannabis in general, we would love to, to hear that. Oh, do I have a story for you? (laughs) Okay. So it's very funny because um, I, you know, volunteered to go do this Women Grow event. And then I did about 30 uh, trade show events, you know, all over the U.S. uh, for another company out of Mendocino. who She's a female farmer. And so I got this crazy experience because it was this all female group. We were going to these events. We were designing these great spaces and we were selling we're selling out of, you know, product. And so that was really how I started. But I also ended up um, at the Emerald Cup at the High Times event, being photographed for High Times, going, I mean, going to dope magazine events. So I was um, running around very quickly while still managing and running my, my design, interior design business out of San Francisco. On the weekends, I was going to, you know, Vegas for the shows. And, um, and then a lot of them are here in California too. So I, kind of had my aha moment where I was standing around and we had designed the booth and we were waiting for everyone to show up. Um, and I was kind of walking the trade show floor and I realized that, um, I, well, first of all, I'm a little bit out of place or, and this was six years ago. So I was especially out of place because things have really evolved, but I, I, people weren't selling to me. They weren't like, engaging with me. They Mm -hmm. weren't chatting me up. And it was a lot of men back then. Okay. It's changed, but it was a lot of men. And I think, you know, I was in like skinny jeans and a J crew blazer. I just looked stupid. Like, you know, I was, I didn't fit in. And, 
um, I realized that there's a void because I wasn't being, you know, pulled into booths. People weren't asking me or showing me their product or asking me questions about what I was interested in. And then I also kind of looked around and said, well, these people have beautiful products, whether they're female farmers or male farmers, but they're not well packaged or they could be better. Right. Aesthetically. Yeah. So that's how it started. And Lace, this was a while ago. This was five years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, As it evolved and as I did more and more events, I realized that this is a wide open market and there is space for good design in, in every aspect of life, but particularly in the cannabis space where we have big voids. We have beautiful products. We have educated farmers. We have multi-generational farmers. We have people who have product design backgrounds. Um, but we still have labels being made in people's kitchens. So um, I, I just see so many opportunities to make this beautiful pro- product that's also well-packaged. Um, so is that kind of a, a good starting point? No, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's kind of how it went. And then, from there, this. I think, yeah, and then from there, I was like, I don't have a tray. I don't have a candle. I, don't, I need to put my cannabis in something. This bag is, uh, I don't like this bag. And so that's how it, it evolved. I think, you know, and I, I'd please interrupt me if you don't agree, but I think as creatives and designers, we have a holistic view of what things look like in surreal detail. And when I say that, I mean, you know, when you're thinking of cannabis as a person that maybe isn't a creative, they're not thinking like, oh my God, like I want to put my cannabis in something beautiful or I, I want to, you know, I want to put my pre-rolls in, you know, my makeup bag that's just for my medicine, not for my makeup. You know, you right. know we're not thinking about these ideas or having a tray in my home that's beautifully decorated around my, my, my medicine. I think that's super important to really recognize that in this industry and even today, like I know you're saying that was five years ago, even today. I, I mean, I see shop a loom and stuff like that. She's been on our podcast too, and she creates gorgeous cannabis accessories. However, you know, it's not as prominent in the industry as it could be. I, sure. I see a lot of beautiful skincare lines that even their packaging, it's very, I don't know, very weed, very like, you know, it's not, it's not, yeah. it's not elegant. And I think, you know, we're, we're overcoming that in the, in the industry. And I think, like I've said before, you're a prime example of that. But um, I, I couldn't, I really truly believe like as creatives in this industry, having the advantage of having the way that we think in terms of detail and what we see is, is really, it's really cool to watch. It is. And I'll say this, um, we talk about this in the office a lot because design is everything around here. And as far as I'm concerned, um, and I'm, I'm kind of living my best life with this assumption, the stoner stereotype is dying. And a hundred percent. Yeah. It's making way for smart, sophisticated, educated women who are trading their rosé for cannabis. And the outcome is really remarkable. Um, you know, I, and I, by the way, I think a big part of my demographic when we do our, our demographic discussions, um, is newbies. They're women who haven't been, you know, doing this very long. And that's great because, most of the women that I um, am selling products to expect a high level of design. So I kind of am just not even going into the the stoner stereotype anymore because I think it's a bit antiquated. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I'm I skipping think, it. <laughs> yeah. And like I noticed too in, in our, in today, 
even brands, it's a lot of the name is 420 or it's MJ or it's full of weed leaves. And, you know, with Oxen Plow, like my, my business, I wanted to be completely the complete opposite of that brilliant absolutely you know what I mean and I think that's so important to to recognize and and it's not just a weed leaf you know it's it's a beautiful plant it it needs to be respected in that way and for me to introduce my business with a weed leaf or that type of design wasn't really respecting that for me personally I I I get it and you have a great logo by the way oh thank you I designed it Of course you did. Um, Yeah. You know, the other thing that's really interesting is Mm -hmm. that we picked our name sort of strategically and Kelly Green, an interior designer that has um, moved into the uh, cannabis accessories space is this story that we've been telling because that's like I've design has been my life. Um, And it's and then we see this evolution of things like, you know, Jane Weston and Jasmine Hupp on the cover of Dope magazine a few years ago. And now we've got MJ Lifestyle out of Oakland mm-hmm. and we've got Broccoli mm-hmm. out of Portland. And, you know, my mom's picking up the Newsweek and it's all like weed and cannabis um, and, and women in cannabis. And um, it's it's totally changing. Um, so. And I love your name, too. Uh, Kelly Greenshaw because for me I'm like OKG like that's so dope like I love that and I I mean for me like my I mean my mind I was just going I was like oh my god like that was that was brilliant like how did she come up with that that's so dope um but I think you know and like you said you know it, it is evolving right we're evolving in the times we're in in this industry and it is so there's such a hyper focus on women and basically they're just taking over this industry and we're kind of locking arms and, and, you know, just saying, Hey, like we're here and, and we're well eloquated business women and we're here to change things. Um, and I think that that's, that's super important. I guess I had a couple questions and I know that we're, we're a little bit behind our time. So I apologize, but, um, in terms of being a women entrepreneur in this industry and just in general in your own business, what are some maybe some challenges that you've faced either coming into this industry or just thus far in separate from your your non-cannabis portfolio? Uh, yeah, so I thought about this question a little bit and I kind of want to pivot it if that's okay. I'd love it. Okay, cool. Um, the reason is because... Um, I feel like the opportunity well outweighs any potential struggle. I think there are struggles within being a small business owner um, that are very real. And I think there are struggles with being a female in business that are very real. Um, But for me, as, as you know, as of today, things have been, I mean, I'm, I'm, working a lot just like you are and it's a hustle but it's um it's very fulfilling so I think the only thing I can say is that um the biggest thing I've come up against is really grinding on those stereotypes and making sure that the people I do interiors for in San Francisco still want to buy cannabis products from me or want to talk about it or aren't off, uh, aren't put off because I've changed, I've changed it up and I have this other thing I'm doing and I've been doing for a while. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge that I, I, I guess I could speak to. 
And that's just, you know, so I, I hope that I was clear, but just this existing stereotype and people that are new or haven't spent a lot of time around this that are still really scared or they yeah. have old ideas about cannabis or they don't know how, how beneficial it could be, you know? Um, and I think that's the challenge is to just get the word the out. And to make, yeah. yeah. It's the education mm-hmm. portion. It's making people feel comfortable and, and, and being um, inclusive and sharing what we know and sharing knowledge with other women. I think it's really great that, uh, that we are able to do podcasts like this and people are talking about cannabis in a really positive way. Women are getting together over high teas or over, you know, I need a CBD recovery, you know, tincture after my exercise yep. or what are we, I mean, I've got a crazy list of fun things that I've been using that are kind of random and kind of spot on for CBD. Same as an example. Was that? No, same. I, I mean, I, and I want to, I, we're going to probably go off track, but I really, and I have um, CBD tincture. It's like grapefruit tincture. And lately I've been putting it in my yogurt in the morning for breakfast. I know that sounds crazy, but it is so incredible in the way that I feel. And I have so much more energy and I digest differently. I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's amazing. (laughs) Um, And I'd love to hear some of the things that you like to do with CBD tinctures or just, um, in general, I, I, I do want to talk about your experience with cannabis, how you use it, um, how you started, um, so that our audience can kind of get a bigger picture of what that looks like for you and your experience. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start the other direction and we'll get into that in one second, but just to put a, a bow on what you said, the, um, so some of my favorite uses for CBD, I use CBD pre bikini wax. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best because it's an anti-inflammatory. It helps with pain. You know, you can take it like 20, 30 minutes before you go get a wax. And it's like, I completely agree. I, it's not, I, I don't use CBD. I I'll like, I'll smoke a sativa blend before I get my uh-huh. bikini wax. And I know that, and I haven't even talked about that on the podcast yet. So I'm so happy you mentioned it, but my best friend, not to go off track even further, she's an esthetician and she's also a patient. And before she gives me my wax I all we always smoke together because it helps me feel calm right (laughs) so I don't have that in-house like my esthetician doesn't come to my house so I have to go in public so because of that but the CBD does the trick it's a great one but you know what I noticed um this summer I got I was in Lake Tahoe and I got Mm -hmm. a pretty decent sunburn Mm -hmm. and I was kind of like swelling on my legs it was really not great but I took the tincture and I rubbed it on my legs and it worked so it's not you know I want to always say, Hey, these things are not magic, but they work for different. They are great for different things. And here are the the things that I, so I love that. I loved it for sunburn, which was a really aha moment for me. I'd never used it before in that way. Um, I also use CBD and sometimes I'll smoke it before I have like a big night, um, on, you know, walking around San Francisco because, it helps with my heels. I know that sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. It's, it's so it's, true. It totally helps. And then, um, you know, I have done a sexy Sunday post probably every Sunday for the last year. And I also think that there is a whole segment we can get into about sex pot. Oh my God. Can we do a whole, can you come back and can we do an entire episode on that? Because I would love I, it. I, I feel like it takes so it takes a lot for women in general to talk about sex at all and your struggle with getting there or even like before you start. 
I feel like with cannabis, it is such a different experience in the way that you are with your partner, with yourself, whatever, however you have your sexual experiences. But I think that is just needs to be talked about. So I, and I completely agree. I always smoke before and it enhances my experience. Do you smoke CBD before your sexual? No, this is recreational. So yeah, so different, different altogether. But you know, I met, so years ago in Vegas, I met Matt, the owner of Foria. And um, I thought, oh my gosh, this guy's business. This is crazy. And then, you know, a few years later, I, I received some Foria in the mail and I was like, okay, well, let's just try this sex lube and see if it, I mean, it works like a charm. My girlfriends always steal it from me. Um, you know, it's just, it's a really cool product. And I think this is a topic as I'm, I'm 40 years old. So as um, you know, you get a little older. This is a topic that we're having this discussion with our female girlfriends a lot. It's so true. And, and I it's don't know random, but it's like, I don't know how I got to be like the person talking about this, but I am <laughs> talking about it because I think it's really important it to is. connect with your person. A hundred percent. And I don't know how you feel, but like from my twenties to now, I'm going to be 31 next month and I, and you're 40. I don't know for you if it's changed, but from 20 to 30, my sex drive and the way that I even process my feelings about sex are so different now versus when I was younger. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it's, it's totally evolved. And the fun side of it is, um, you know, sex pot strains and strains that I think make sense for that, you know, that exact activity. I and there are a few that are better than others. I completely agree. Yeah. So I love that. You're coming, <laughs> you're coming back. You don't have a choice. And we are talking about this further. I really want to go into this with you. I think um, it will be really fun. Um, so I want to kind of, I don't know if we're going to backtrack on this and I apologize. Um, if we can talk a little bit more about the business aspect of what you do and being in San Francisco. And I kind of want to give the audience, maybe female entrepreneurs that are just starting out. Um, what are some of business advice or some resources? What do you do to get through the daily grind? Like what's your, what's your schedule? Like how do you take care of yourself and still manage your business? So I know that's like a, a layered, <laughs> a few layered question. Sure. Um, so I, I did, uh, I did, uh, well, first of all, I'm very, very organized. Um, so I have a notepad. I'm kind of old school. I use a lot of new technology, but I also have a notepad and I write down my day so that I can really handle things properly. I can't, um, I'm not a person who can get really high during the day and knock down my activities unless I have just a creative list of things to do, you know, develop the candle, develop the tray, those sort of things, um, you know, drawing things that need to be drawn for the website or whatever. I can do that um, perfectly well. And I think it's, it's a wonderful tool, um, cannabis for that activity. But for me, I'm really, um, I'm a fairly regimented human when it comes to running my business. Um, Let's see, what other questions did you ask me? Uh, You know, I listen to podcasts because what's, I am, what's some of your, what's your top three that you're super into right now? Well, I, I'm real obsessed with Jenna Kutcher and love um, her. she's really great. She's bright eyed and bushy tailed. She has a plethora of information. Um, I've downloaded her, you know, her workshops before and they've been really helpful and she's really got her finger on the pulse with the social aspect of running your business. Um, she's also pretty motivational. So when I feel like, Oh, I need, 
I need to be pumped up, I, I'll listen to her. The other one I do, because I do split my time between San Francisco and up near Tahoe and Auburn. So I have this two-hour drive I do a couple times a month. And when I'm doing that, um, I will listen to, I have a new one. I used to be a TED Radio Hour person, but there's a new one called How They Built It or how I built it. I listen to that every week. I'm real obsessed with it. I (laughs) love it. Me too. And it's great because I think as entrepreneurs, I don't know if you're a solopreneur or you have people in your office, but yeah. And so I need help, but yeah, no, it's been both for me. I've had both. I have someone in Boston helping me and I share an office with another girl and I have another couple of people around that are close by, but Mm -hmm. it's me a lot of times sitting at my desk, like grinding it out. And what's your leadership style like? Oh boy. Well, I don't have a huge background in management. Um, I have a a creative background, so I've had to really lean on people and learn. Um, Luckily I'm surrounded by people who can help me, but my management style, I would say, Oh, this is such a hard question for me to answer. Um, I, I, or maybe just the way that you either use yourself as an example of how you want your team to demonstrate the task that you're asking or just the communication of what that looks like? Sure. So we're based, we, we basically try to give really clear communication. Um, we use Basecamp. So we use technology as a platform to help cool. us stay organized. Basecamp. Yeah, we love it. And then um, because, you know, um, I've got people in Boston working with me and then I've got this group of creative people I'm managing as well. Um, I think giving people clear direction and then letting them do their best work is, is how I, I really lead, but I'm learning always. And I'm always reading about being a better leader. And, you know, I just downloaded an app this morning that was like all these leadership tips. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. You're going to have to tell me. Yes. It's good. But, you know, it's an evolution for me because I am a creative person and I always need help in this way. It's not mm-hmm. my strong suit. So I'm always taking a lot of feedback from the people I'm managing. And I always say, hey, if that's not clear, you have to tell me. Or if I'm being a crazy creative, pull <laughs> me back in. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. I, I sometimes, and I don't know if you do this as a creative, I'm really curious to know your creative process too. If, um, if you can share that with me either now or offline, but I will wake up in the middle of the night and all these things just start popping in my mind, all these ideas. And I'm like, Oh my God, like it's two in the morning. Why is this happening right now? Um, and for me, like, I don't know for you, how do you process your creative mind and how it, for me, it's racing constantly 90 miles an hour all day long, every day I, I lose sleep over it. Like, it's almost like I can't keep up with my own, my own creativity, if that yeah. makes sense. It, I, I sleep like a baby and I wake up in a panic. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I, I completely hear So yeah. I go to sleep and I'm, I'm usually like exhausted at night. I go to sleep and I do sleep really well, but then I wake up and the, I get really panicky and I grab a notepad and anything that starts happening in, you know, the 20 minutes that I have my like my coffee, which is very ritualistic for me, um, I write down. So for me, um, create creativity is sort of the, um, the thing I get to do because I run my business well. Um, so because I can be organized in my business, I then get to create. And if I can't keep it organized in base camp or on my notepads or with my team, then I don't get to build a new tray. That's like, you know, so the, the creative part is a luxury for me. And that's how I've tried to look at it because I don't love the business side of it and I have to do it. 
I have to do it because when you're running a business, people depend on you. So um, that I think that's it for me as as far as the answer goes. But, you know, I just I take copious notes. Um, I try to get away, you know, maybe once a month for a day or two and, you know, do some drawing and do some you try to jump into different projects. Um, but it's, I love uh, that angle. I love that angle and that perspective because I think, you know, when you are creating or you're designing, you don't think about like, oh, well, if I don't do this, then I don't get to create this, you know, setting up those, those steps for you in your day, I think is super important. Yeah, it is for me. And I have to stay, um, it keeps me motivated and on track because if I flounder and don't know what I'm doing with my day, I, uh, it, it doesn't inspire me, you know, I can get bummed out. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing today. It's, it's, it's not great. So I think organization for me is the key. And then, um, always evolving as a leader and knowing, you know, this is not my strength, but it's important and I want to build it, um, and build on upon it is important. Who inspires you? Oh, so many people. Uh, well, let's see. I have a really great husband. And, um, I just got married last year. Congratulations. Thanks. I waited a lot. Yeah. I waited a long time to do it. Um, but I think that he and I are very different in how we work. He is also an entrepreneur and he's inspirational because he is a good manager. He has 27 employees. He, um, is very successful in his own right. And I think that he's inspirational because he respects that uh, he inspires me because he's so, uh, just organized and balanced and he lives with a crazy creative. And so it's been great. Um, I think it's a good mix, but there are other people, you know, um, I try to always be around people that are smarter than me. And, um, and that's always helpful people that are willing to be kind and help. And I can ask, you know, we're fundraising right now and, uh, I have to ask questions that I don't know the answer to, and that can be humbling. So, uh, yeah, I have, I, I'm sort of blanking on your answer, but there are a lot of people around me right now. And, um, I think it's important that we are always surrounded by people that are going to inspire us and help us. I agree. I think for me, you know, being able to be around women in this industry has really helped me. Um, I think, I don't know if you've heard of the book, uh, breaking the grass ceiling, but the writers of that book, the authors sent me their book, um, through social media for me to read. And it was just so inspiring for me. And I think, you know, and you are 100% inspiring me and definitely inspired me today. Um, what is one piece of advice that you can give to women in this industry that either helped you or piece of resource that you highly recommend someone do who's starting in this industry? Uh, well, the first thing I think is to be brave and to ask the questions you need the answers to and to, to be at, in your in the same way, be inclusive and bring people in. And when people need help, help them. Um, I mean, there's some technical resources that I kind of wrote down um, and some things that I think are just um, really great. I mean, yes, I hit on the Jenna Kutcher thing and I do, I do love her, but there are also things that, you know, um, I have, I'm building this cannabis library. Um, cool. Yeah, it's getting good. Um, and you know, I pick up different cannabis books as often as I can. I share them, um, with my friends and my mom and all that. Um, the one I just read that I think is fantastic is the cannabis pharmacy. 
Okay. Um, yeah. Can we, can you send me that link so that our audience can? I sure will. Okay. Perfect. And then the other um, source that I think is sort of next level, but I really like it is um, this guy called Max Montrose. Have you heard of him? No, I have not. Okay. He's running this thing called the Trichome Institute and it's an educational platform for bud tenders. And I just, and the guy's a crazy scientist and he's very high IQ. And what I love about him also, I think he's motivating and that he always has these, you know, insights on cannabis that I didn't, things I didn't know, things I'm still learning. And he's very smart. And I listened to that. Um, I can send you the link to that podcast as well. But it's great because, um, you know, we have this industry now where bud tenders are distributing medicine to people and an education platform for them is, is really important as well as. Um, for the people that are, are buying products, you know, with me, I mean, we have, we're building our website right now and we have a big educational platform, um, on our site that's important. And it's, some of it's very, you look at it and think, oh, I already know most of this. Well, yeah, maybe, but, but not everyone does. But not everyone does. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Or if you're new or you're afraid to ask, or you just, um, you know, you want to find out more. I think that that's a good, this will be a good launching off point for people. That's incredible. When does that launch and when does your products launch? So we are looking at a holiday launch, but we're really hustling for that. Um, So our intent is to launch for holiday with our three pieces and then we're building the website right now. So that should be up within the month. Um, And then we have a pretty decent Instagram following, which is just kellygreenshop.com. And that's the website. And the Kelly Green Shop is the is the Instagram handle. That is so cool. Um, yes, I follow you religiously <laughs> on social. So Thank um, you, and yes, you have a beautiful aesthetic. Um, everyone should go follow at Kelly Green Shop for sure. Um, and then when your product launches, um, and if that's going to be during the holiday season, is it going to be all three products together or can um, the audience buy things separately as well? Absolutely separately. Um, we, it, it's definitely based on your needs. So if you have a storage need, you're a person that needs the bag. And if you just want to elevate your, you know, your experience before you smoke, you're a candle person. Um, so, and, and the tray, um, not everyone rolls joints. So this, this tray is very special, but also very specific. Um, yeah. So holiday. Perfect. That's amazing. Um, I know you already said this, but um, where can everyone find you? Kelly Green Shop on Instagram. Do you have Facebook? I do. It's all LinkedIn. So it's under Kelly Green Shop on Facebook. Perfect. Um, And I will also make sure that everyone has your handles so that they can find you and follow you and keep up to date on your holiday launch for your products. Kelly, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. You have truly inspired me and please tell me that you will come back. Thanks, Lace. I would love to come back. We can have big discussions about sex pot. Oh my God. I'm so (laughs) excited for that. You have no idea. Um, We'll make it a smoke session so we can get really into it. That feels right. Okay. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. So much. um, And you have a wonderful day. You too. I will speak with you soon. Thanks, (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. How incredible was our interview with Kelly Green? She really inspired me and I hope that she inspired you. Don't forget to follow her at Kelly Green Shop on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, if this episode brought you any value, please click rate and review. Until next time. Hey guys, 
I am so excited because right now we are live with Jasmine Rundle, who is my friend, my business partner, an amazing person, and also the owner of Blue Dream Brides, which is an events and wedding coordination planning everything company um, out here in Phoenix, Arizona, where we're based. Um, are you excited to be here right I am now? I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been trying to make this happen for a while. Yes. We're both crazy busy because entrepreneur life, but yeah. we made time. We made it work. Yeah, I think um, I'm really glad you're here. Me Jasmine's too. here in my home, and mm-hmm. um, you know we're actually in my bedroom right now on the floor because <laughs> it's the most quiet space. Ideal, of course. Yes, um, because my dogs are gonna freak <laughs> out, so we wanted to come in here. It's very romantic. Of right? course. We have the candle going. <laughs> my CBD pen is by Peaceful my bed. Setting. Yes, um, we're both extremely high we're right really now. High. We're really, <laughs> really high. Like four dads in high. Yeah, I I don't know how you did that. Like, how did you do that? Like, I literally turned away for one second and I was like, oh damn, okay. Like, she's I know, out. I know. I like whenever I smoke with other people too. I'm like um, heating up their next dab before they're like, they're like, no, I'm still processing the first one. Are you insane? I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta go it. Normal people pace. <laughs> Sorry, guys, uh, we're going off on a tangent right now because we're just really happy right now. Um, but, Jasmine, will you just, um, I'm going to kind of transition us into just introducing you and, like, kind of what you do and um, your story and some of the things that you're up to right now with Blue Absolutely. Dream Absolutely. So, take it away. Um, so, I started my cannabis wedding business just back in May. Um, I was sitting with someone, hanging out at Dom Life, at, you know, just a women grow event. Um, she was asking about my, my skills and, um, how I plan events and everything. And, um, when I mentioned my, um, my desire to eventually do wedding planning, she said, oh, so-and-so is having a cannabis wedding. And I was just like, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I have never heard of that before. Um, and so I went home and I, I researched it and sure enough, there's actual, wedding companies and event planners on the in recreationally legal states like Colorado and California who mm-hmm. who have been doing this and um who have started the the cannabis wedding expo mm-hmm. um all of these things are I was so surprised to find out this was actually a market so that's really cool and like in terms of what made you think like oh cannabis wedding like 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 they don't have that is it like a passion did you just think about it in that way or what was the creative idea behind starting it I think the biggest thing for me was realizing it's so different from what anybody is doing specifically in Arizona right now um it's not a market that we have here because it's a very small market that um is is available to sell to but I think my biggest inspiration came from seeing a lot of the cannabis wedding content that was out there and realizing that there was a serious need for for more and I want to show people that you can indeed have you can have class Mm -hmm. with cannabis Mm -hmm. you know you can have a super classy luxurious wedding um and still have you know joint party favors and a medicated wedding cake and a dab bar and and all of that and so I'm I'm really um into the, creating the content to show people what they're capable of, what the options they're capable of having for this. That's so, so. cool. So um, walk our audience kind of through what you offer exactly, like as a service. So um, we definitely are able to do a lot of things um, just kind of based off of, of what the market here needs right now. You know, there's only going to be so many people at this time having cannabis weddings, but um, 
there might be people doing smaller events who who need just some help planning so we're available to do consultations and we always do our first consultation free um it is a full hour just to kind of give you a head start we can help you create timelines or else we take on full service everything we can do um you know an entire wedding um full coordination we can plan an entire holiday party or if your dispensary is hosting you know some sort of corporate event we can we can do all of that but we're also available to do the smaller details that you might not have time to handle or or need someone with those skills to take on so that's so cool so for me like I guess like I want to know more of like your experience with cannabis that made you want to be in the industry and kind of what that looks like. Yeah, my journey with cannabis has definitely been like, it's not even a story I'm so sure of because it was just such small things here and there. Like in high school, I was so, um, I was definitely one of those people who was so uneducated. (laughs) I remember telling my best friend, like, I don't want you to hang out with me if you're high because you only (laughs) want to hang out with me when you're stoned. (laughs) Like, making just the most uneducated assumptions about my friends when they were, you know, smoking cannabis. How old were you at this time? Um, So that was in 10th grade, so I was 17. (laughs) And I was just, you know, oh, it's terrible, whatever. Um, After high school, I did try it, like, one or two times. And like a lot of us, I ended up um, <laughs> too hard and, and had <laughs> totally overdone it and was paranoid. So I was going around telling everyone, you know, oh gosh, it's not for me. It makes me so paranoid. Mm-hmm. It was all about learning um, and moderation. Mm-hmm. And so after not smoking for about a year, I just decided, um, you know, all my friends were, were drinking and I, I didn't like it. I hated it, but... I wanted to be able to do something social, too. Mm -hmm. And so I went and I bought a little tiny pipe in my first (laughs) gram. I took two hits and I was off my ass. And (laughs) I miss the days where, you know, my cannabis could actually last that long. But um, it it affected me that well with the tolerance I have now. But um, from there, I just started. Was it a medicine for you or was it more just social? Um, it was totally social at the time. I was just like, wow, this is, you know, something to do with my friends. But, um, then slowly it started to kind of help me with my like regular anxiety and stressors. It was helping me sleep Mm -hmm. every night. Um, so unintentionally I started to discover the benefits that came with it, but it totally started as just like a fun social in my backyard type of thing. You know, it's not something I, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine if, um, you know, like 18, 19 year old me who knew I was going to end up here with cannabis. Like, oh my gosh, there's just no way. And from that time to the time that you did get in the industry, when was, what was your first job in the industry? My first job in the industry, um, I guess it was working, volunteering with Women Grow, that's where I started, it was nothing paid, um, my, my whole experience was, you know, I love cannabis so much, I got my medical card, and then it was like, well, I want to be in the, in the industry all the time. What is Women Grow, just so our audience has an understanding of what Women Grow is? Women Grow is a, um, international organization that supports, um, women getting jobs in the cannabis industry. So I am our speed hiring director currently for our Phoenix market, um, but we do have markets all over the U.S. and a few in Canada, I believe. So Very cool. And so when you have been volunteering, at what point did you come up with the idea to have your own business? Um, I guess it was seeing that everybody 
and women grow was an entrepreneur every single person had an idea was a business owner. and had the confidence yeah. to pursue that mm-hmm. idea and while I've like totally had them and I had taken business classes in college I had never even dreamed of pursuing any of my ideas just uh, just assuming I couldn't you know it wasn't until I was surrounded by women who were doing it and doing it successfully um, that I realized that I absolutely could pursue that so that's so cool and I I want to kind of talk about the negative experiences you may have had or just how hard it's been for you at this point in the industry to grow your business, maybe some challenges that you've kind of surfaced and are trying to either now curate and fix or um, past ones that have affected you or think, that hurt your business. Yeah, I think the biggest issue right now is, is to be honest, I love Arizona. I love living in Phoenix, but where we live, it makes this near impossible at times um there's so many limits because of not being recreationally legal but also because of how heavily stigmatized everything is you know there's plenty of vendors in the wedding industry that are not going to be willing to work with me simply because my name is attached to cannabis and therefore you know theirs would be too and while I can absolutely respect that it does make it a challenge to Mm -hmm. find vendors you know you only get a few for you know being able to post to this audience of 3,000 usually only get a few responses because Mm -hmm. it's just not something people are educated on. They don't understand yet, so that's not something they want their business associated with. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's like, it's something that we don't talk about in the industry as women. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really high, so I just like (laughs) completely drew a blank. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's totally fine. I mean, we're alive right now. we're high we're having a great day um it's cloudy and rainy here in phoenix for the first time it is it's got me in a funk and so we're a little (laughs) off we're used to the sun so um yeah we're just high functioning right now but i actually no i do agree with that i'm sorry about those being challenges we don't discuss frequently especially amongst um amongst us women and i kind of want to use that to just mention that we are having our little brunch in the next few weeks because we we know these challenges we live them and we want to help all these um female entrepreneurs in the industry we want to so we're organizing something to get together with these ladies and and share ideas and motivate each other and we're very excited yes and it's going to be a platform for us to discuss these challenges like you're saying so if you're in phoenix you can go to at blue dream brides on instagram and get more information or you can go to at oxen plow and i can give you information but if you're in phoenix and you want to attend our brunch it will be october 15th at 10 a.m in Mesa. Yay, I'm so excited so for that. Definitely message one of us for information on that. We'd love to have you and yes. to hear about your business ideas as well. You know, we're here to empower Just each other. And support each other. And I think it's important to tell the audience that well, Jasmine and I will be working together mm-hmm. um, and we're going to be partnering on more of these events. Yeah, and, some very exciting things coming up. And sure. yes, so we'll keep you guys posted. We're going to have Jasmine on again to kind of go over more of the details um, and then also talk about other topics that you guys want to hear about. So um, I know that um, I asked have asked you guys this before, but I think it's really important that we hear from you and understand like what you want to talk about on the podcast so you can email me at ox the letter in plow at gmail.com and I will respond to all of your guys's thoughts and opinions and if you have any hosts that you want to hear on the show please definitely uh, reach out to me there but um, very exciting things for ox and plow and blue dream brides I think that we're gonna have um, an event 
more so than just one time, right? Mm -hmm. Not just brunch. We're going to do other fun things. We have some events coming up for sure. Some exciting things to look forward to. I just, I hate, we can't announce anything yet. We can't announce anything. We're getting there. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, we we will let you guys know. Um, So I really want, we're going to transition again. So um, on the topic of uh, mental health, I think that, you know, you and I have discussed this a little bit and, um, I feel really strongly about women in our community mm-hmm. and just the community in general, kind of understanding um, what it's what your story is with mental health and what you suffer with and how cannabis affects that. Like, I would just love to go over that yeah, with you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's something that I um, I'm always really hesitant to talk about because um, we it's very hard to tell people that there there's a condition or a situation that exists that cannabis might affect negatively there's a lot of people who do not want to hear that because cannabis is everything it it's, fixes everything and while um you know i'm not saying anything about what it can do it's important to note that for some mental illnesses you do have to take it in moderation um and so about a year ago i went to the hospital and was diagnosed with type 1 um bipolar disorder leading up to that time um I had been using cannabis I mean I was pretty much stoned 24 7 I was I was never sober I was using it as a coping mechanism um and I think that's another thing we don't talk about is that well you know we talk about cannabis being like one of the only drugs that um you can't get addicted to that doesn't mean you don't have an addictive personality that doesn't mean you don't have a mental illness that will cause you to still use that as a negative coping mechanism so I actually went on a downward spiral with cannabis before it began to help me it um you know I was I was using it to to escape Mm -hmm. um when I finally did get my diagnosis I was able to you know talk to my doctor told him I was a medical card holder um, which I have for chronic uh, nausea and uh, knee injury. Mm-hmm. And I you know, told him, and I, he st- I started to learn about how the illness can be aggravated um, by cannabis. And so my journey with it from there has been actually really difficult because I've had to learn how to balance it. I have to notice when I'm smoking too much. Mm-hmm. And I have to be really careful to limit it to being to social events and to at night before I go to bed because otherwise it becomes something um, that takes away from what I'm, I'm capable of accomplishing and my potential. Um, and I think that it's, it's really important that we talk about that there can be those negatives, that, we, that moderation is important, you know? So you would say that you smoke it medicinally to help you balance out your, your day and, and the, the chemicals that aren't responding in that way normally, like how other people that aren't suffering with what you do have? Yeah, I think that I, I, you know, have certain conditions like my nausea and everything yeah. and insomnia that are um, beneficial from smoking. I know that it helps the anxiety that comes mm-hmm. with bipolar disorder for sure. But, um, yeah, there, it does, it actually affects my brain chemistry and it's a mood altering drug, you know. Um, and when you are bipolar, those things, they really, really affect you. Um, you know, a glass of alcohol can affect me 10 times more than it can affect my friend who's not taking medication or who doesn't have a, a mental illness. So that's something you have to be really, um, it, it's unfortunate, but you know what? It could be way worse. It's just something I have to constantly be aware of. Okay. And so when you smoke medicinally, what is uh, your blend? What's your strain? What do you, what helps you the most? And what are some ones that... Um, you recommend to the audience if they smoke? I think, so I I live out in Mesa. My my go-to dispensary is Health for Life. 
and I think they have some of the best Blue Dream and Girl Scout cookies ever, and those are my go-to strains forever. And if you've ever had blue cookies, that would be the ultimate because <laughs> it combines them. I was so excited to find that. But um, I think it is just like both of those. They make me feel so good. The first time I ever smoked Girl Scout cookies was in um, Northern California. So, of course, it was like, you know, actual top notch. <laughs> um, and I remember like it was the most amazing experience. I felt like my whole body was just like Loading. It was the best body high it ever had. And so I think since then, Girl Scout Cookies has always been a go-to for um, both my anxiety and what I need to, to sleep, for sure. For sure. And do you eat it, too? You know what? I am super sensitive to taste. Um, if it tastes like weed, I can't eat it. So there are very few edibles that I can actually handle. Um, Sublime Lemon Tea Cakes are one of the my absolute go-tos. We'll tag these for you guys <laughs> oh, for sure. so that you guys can um, hear and know the brands that we're talking about that offer those edibles or that are good dispensaries yeah. here in Arizona that you want to check out. Um, but yeah, so what about how the family dynamic of what you go through and how cannabis is affecting that piece of your life and what you suffer with? So, um, it's been definitely a tough issue to take on in my family. There's, because my mom approaches it from, you know, a a concerned mom point of view. She, she wants me to be okay. And so smoking is, is to her, it's concerning. It worries her. She never knows, is that going to aggravate you? Is that going to affect you negatively? Is there education Um, that goes into that with your family? Yeah, yeah. They definitely are so willing to, you know, we were recently talking about, um, I was explaining the new studies about driving under the influence of cannabis. You know, when I learn new information, my mom is always very open to hearing about it. But um, I think that her motherly concerns are always going to to trump that, you know. For sure. What are some, I guess, medical cannabis resources that if anyone in the audience is kind of going through or has struggled with what you have, what are some of the things that you found helpful um, in that process of either educating your family or yourself in, in, in what can help you the very best be successful? I am. Um, I'll be honest. I've, I've had little success in finding resources for bipolar disorder related to anything cannabis. There's a lot of negative information, you know, uh, not negative. I mean, um, about the negative effects mm-hmm. that, you know, we have to be real with. I don't think there's a lot of, re- of information on um, people who have had benefits from, from using it with those illnesses. Um, and so I think that that contributes to the overall, you know, why my mom's going to continue to be worried or why people aren't going to be mm-hmm. able to see it if there's more negative education. Um, but then in the community, I, you know, we talk about our mental health very openly, which I love yes, about women grow events because I've mm-hmm. met so many people about with um, similar mental, mental illnesses who say that they are alive because of cannabis. It's okay. it's their antidepressant, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I hear things like that, and I know that it, it's true that just because it isn't going to work that way for me doesn't mean it's not going to work that way for, for someone else. For sure. And so for the audience that kind of, you know, is in that position where you're at, what would you say is the best thing to do with the limited resources that we have for them? I think... Um, the best thing you could do right now, because we, we all need this, is to speak up in the community about your mental your mental health. Um, we bring a lot of awareness to all the illnesses that, you know, warrants having a medical card here legally in Arizona. We talk about them. We, you know, we have awareness events for them. But the stigma of mental health, it, it comes into this industry. It's followed us into the cannabis community, too. And so 
because there are limited resources for us, I believe the best thing you can do is keep sharing your story, whether you can do that in writing or you can do that at an event or um, if you have opportunity to do it to an audience, you know, I think sharing your story is the absolute most important thing. Get comfortable sharing it. Yeah, and curating more awareness, right, and mental health. And, you know, for me, like, as you know, and the audience knows, I've struggled with severe anxiety. Um, and what saved me was my experience with cannabis, with using CBD, um, and really um, trying to educate myself on what is going to best be for me and my body and how I respond because I feel like for me like I have had so many negative experiences smoking because maybe a strain was too much for my body and it would make me feel nauseous and you know get paranoid I would get paranoid yeah it would be worse so I was you know in that space and that time of desperation for anything natural that could help me but the resources and the actual medical uh, documentation supporting cannabis and how it affects your anxiety and mental health, there really isn't any. I think um, that Leafly is actually doing really good. When you go look at their illnesses, you can literally look at strains specifically for depression, for anxiety, and that's a huge step. That's making it normal. It's putting it up there with all those other illnesses. And it's so great that they've come out with that now Mm -hmm. because... It would have helped me back then. Absolutely, understanding when you were looking, when you I was looking, to... exactly. And it's like the awareness of things like Leafly and like you know other you know Weedbud blog, all those other yeah. sites that offer this information. But it's not that it's not available. It's like how would you even know that there's a Leafly? You know, if you're someone mm-hmm. that's not in the industry or in the community. And I think that um, another setback that we have, too, is that while people can share their stories and post these reviews and say, hey, this strain helped me, um, we are so limited to how much we can share our social media. There are so many setbacks for cannabis on Facebook, on YouTube, things getting demonetized, um, ads getting deleted. I mean, it's actually a genuine challenge to share your message right now mm-hmm. if it's cannabis related. And I think that can keep, prevent people from, from stepping out and doing that as well. I agree. And I think that in time, you know, in the next five to ten years, I, knew, I mean, for sure in our lifetime, there will be no more of that like on social media and everything we're going to be able to share our stories and communicate and cultivate this industry just like any other industry retail you know food everything else i saw that sign saying that they were going to start allowing cannabis to be smoked um i don't know what state it was but anywhere that tobacco was allowed and i felt like that was a really big step towards normalizing you know we should be able to share something cannabis related the same way we share something alcohol related you know you can share you can see ads for wine and for bars and stuff we need to have the rights to do that for our industry people are are literally losing money because they can't get to the audience they need it's it's awful but yet what's interesting to me is it's still a multi-billion dollar industry isn't that insane like just at scale like where we're at right now the potential for the potential is insane is insane even builds more than what the industry is at dollar wise right now today Um, I think about the shift that people who, you know, were teenagers in like the 70s smoking and where yeah. they, how they must look at it now. But imagine what it's going to be like for us in 30 years. Like, what is the cannabis industry even going to be? I can't even imagine it, you know? We it's have no idea. It's almost like the sky's the limit for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Once we get that legalization and you know it'll happen by that time, I mean, it really is. The, the possibilities are just endless. I know. I'm excited about it. Um, I want to kind of take our audience to just through some of the things that helped you 
design your business and build your business um, <laughs> and just how you have done that in a way that is I think very elegant and just very Thank well you. planned and thought out um, what is some kind of resources you can give them um, and just like talk about um, the I guess maybe three good resources for someone starting out that wants to do events or weddings um, in, in this space specifically and what helped you and what can help them. Um, well, for sure, the, the biggest help of all in this, in both industries, cannabis and wedding industry has been Facebook groups. Like I had no idea the connections. Like that marketing you could, through those groups? Um, marketing, but like finding people to work with, Mm -hmm. um, and, and networking more than anything. You know, I'm a part of this group called event ensemble and, um, Arizona styled shoots. And so people are constantly posting, I need to hire a florist for this. I need a couple to model for this. Um, and the other one, you know, you say, okay, I've got a couple looking for, for so-and-so and and you get all this. It's just, it's changed everything. When you've got 3000 people in one Facebook group, you post one message and you've got a couple of things to choose from, like almost instantly. Um, that has changed the game for me for sure. Getting into this, it's how I've been able to do style shoots, honestly. Um, so that was my absolute biggest one. I think that's helped me. The other, of course, has been having to learn marketing and branding, and that was through you. <laughs> so Lace has oh designed gosh. my entire website, my business card, my logo, everything, and she's um, amazing. She's very skilled at it, and it is. I can't tell you guys the difference that it makes to work with someone who is not just Canna friendly, but um, you know, a participant in the cannabis community, someone who's passionate about it. Um, that's how I think we were able to really connect is our, our shared passion for that. Um, but having somebody who is experienced that you can ask questions to, because of course you can do your research and, and then, you know, you should have confidence in your skills, but you need to have someone to ask questions to. And, um, I for sure have been able to get all the guidance needed, um, you know, going through you and, um, been able to just learn so much about how this even works, things mm-hmm. that I would have never known. And so I think that that would um, definitely be my second one. The third resource, I don't know. I'm going to say cannabis. Yeah. <laughs> cannabis <laughs> helping me get through the stress of this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, you know, for for me, like, even the stress, of, and I don't know if you can say the same, it is, like, high stress when you're starting your business the things that you have to do like the business registering your business um trying to get funding the amount of time that we spend googling to start a business at the (laughs) the amount of time i'm constantly google was my business education everyone i just want everyone to know that that was that was my business 101 class did not help me google did it's like i'm hunting for every single single answer answer. and you kind of just want to type in one question and hope the right answer is going to pop up right there or the right lawyer oh my gosh but no 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 not that easy but it makes it worth it all of that agonizing hard work it makes every second of of this worth it um and you know I'm starting to just barely get that recognition where people are able to say oh you know there is someone in this in this community in this market that does um cannabis weddings in Arizona and um I get to actually go speak on the bud show tonight about that which will be on Yay! their Facebook page um so. you guys we're gonna um have that link in the show notes so then you can go and yeah it'll be tonight Arizona time 10 yes. p.m um, but yeah, that's just, I feel like all of this, I mean, Jesus, the, the agony that's come with starting this, all of this stress, it's worth it for these moments. Sorry guys, we are live. Those are my dogs freaking <laughs> out. I'm today. so sorry, you guys. Um, very feisty. Um, 
This is so cute. I think, you know, for me, like, and I don't know if you agree with this, but the struggle and is really the definition of the process. And I think that it um, isn't highlighted. I feel like we highlight the success, but we don't highlight the shit that it takes to get there. Because I don't know about you, but I'm still in the shit of my business. So I think for me, (laughs) the struggle in the industry is really what has helped me get stay focused and stay positive in my business perspective a hundred percent like I know that every single hour of exhaustion is going to be worth my business and we we just don't talk about it we don't talk about the shit and it's like I feel like you've gone through it and I've gone through it and being broke and like trying Mm, to start your business absolutely with like absolutely no resources or anything yeah and I also think I don't I didn't appreciate how much my um my how hard I work would put me above there is above a lot of people in this industry Mm -hmm. um my my willingness to go that extra mile to make these things happen is really what's led me to have all those opportunities but unfortunately that means I've worked with a lot of people who have let me down in order for me to realize that lesson you know for me to realize that hard work uh, can be a little bit harder to find when you're when you're working in this industry especially when you're working under someone supporting their dream when you're trying to also support yours and they're not allowing you to do that because they feel it's competition or you know it's and I mean I've experienced that in the industry we went over that in the podcast um for you know right it's just I do want to add how many hard workers we know in the cannabis industry just tons and tons Mm -hmm. but for all of us who are we also know those people who have really you know let us down with that so I just wanted to give credit to those who are putting uh, in that work with us, you know, and making this the industry that's becoming. Yeah, and, like, I don't know about other communities, especially people in the industry, like, in other states and cities, major cities, but the follow-through of working with other people in the industry and dispensaries, and it's a hard hustle. It is, and that's what we were just talking, you know, with our um, partner on the phone about is how, you know, it just seems, it depending, it doesn't even matter your location, it's in this industry, the coordinating, the communicating, it is an absolute battle, and I just, it's frustrating, it shouldn't be that way. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, we want to be perceived in this industry as laid back, and like... And we want people to we, perceive this industry as... As a business professional. As professional, like everything else, but... In terms of communication. We've, we've got a long way to go. And For it's, sure. It's okay to acknowledge that, I think. No, I think that that's fair, and yeah. we should, and... I mean, we we could sit here all day I and know. talk about it. <laughs> Tell you all my feelings but, about yeah, this. Oh but. my god! <laughs> but you know, we'll save you guys from that for another episode. <laughs> um, but Jasmine, thank you so of much course. for being here with me in my home and I'm so glad we got smoking to with out. me. It was so good. I, I loved it. Um, is there anything you want to say to the audience? Tell them where they can find you um, and where they can book their cannabis events oh, and weddings. Yeah, yeah, just pimp so yourself out right now. I, I do have Blue Dream Brides on all my social media platforms. You can follow our Facebook page. You can follow us on Instagram, which is definitely, I think, where we're the most active right now mm-hmm. um, to actually get any quotes or schedule anything. And like I said, all first consultations are free. Um, you can go to our website or email bluedreambrides at gmail.com. Um, holidays are coming up and dispensaries, you know, we know you guys have your, your staff parties that you're getting ready to start planning. So please reach out to us if you need any coordination assistance or florals or anything like that. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for having me. And it's so exciting to get to, to do this with the person who helped me create, 
and and get to where I am now, oh you know. Gosh. I'm I think flattered. I hope you all I'm just honored. know how wonderful Lacey is and all the things that, you know, she's no, we're wonderful. going to accomplish <laughs> together and I'm just I look forward to everything that Aww. we're pursuing right now. Well, I'm honored that you're my partner Aww. and to be a part of it and I think that we're going to be a great team. Absolutely. So you guys uh stay tuned for us to we'll be posting about our upcoming events. Um our Facebook event for what our next event is our brunch. It is our brunch, October 15th, 10 a.m. Yes, so please email us, uh, DM us on Instagram, and we'll give you guys yeah. the details. All right, thank you so much. Okay, I we're gonna go smoke, you guys. Like, that was, <laughs> we, we're gonna go smoke again. Okay, yes, so. <laughs> I need All right, thank you so much for being here, Jasmine. Absolutely, right, thank bye, you for bye having guys. me. Bye. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Oxen Plows hashtag Canna Chick Chats podcast. I'm your host, Lace, and today I'm super excited to interview Jasmine Rundall. She is the creator and owner of Blue Dream Brides, a wedding and event planning company here based in Phoenix, Arizona. I'm so excited for our live interview today in my home with her. We will be discussing mental health and all things cannabis and the struggles of being in the industry as a woman and also we just smoke and get down today. Like I'm super excited for you guys to listen to this. Um, she is such an amazing person and, um, I'm not going to take up any more of this intro. So without further ado, here's my live interview with Jasmine Rundall.